0: can. You notice that it's 10 lessons. Normally they're 13, but this one was 10. And so 10 weeks we'll be going through these lessons. And same as last time, last uh, spring, uh, there are questions at the end you can answer. Uh, We'll take up the following week. I do have some extra little games to go along with it that uh, you're welcome to try your hand at. And uh, just to kind of help reinforce what we're learning. But, so tonight we want to look at Build Below the Baseline. And we're going to look at ten lessons that's going to help us uh, to have a good, solid relationship with Jesus Christ. Now the first lesson is, tonight is called, A Relationship with God. A Relationship with God. Um... I think all of us are familiar with the Leaning Tower of Pisa over in Italy. And, you know, that was uh, constructed way back in 1173 was the beginning of that construction. And I don't think when they started they were thinking they are going to have a Leaning Tower. What happened was the foundation wasn't big enough for such a structure. And when it was completed... In 1372, that building, already people would notice a lean, already. Now, years have gone by, and the lean's quite noticeable. People from all over the world come to see that and to watch that, even to climb it sometimes, to go up in it. They did have a time where they tried to repair the lean. Uh, from 1999 to 2000, or rather 1990 to 2001, 11 years, they spent $25 million to correct the lean. And really all they were able to do was change it by 16 inches. A lot of money, but maybe it's a little bit stabler. I don't know. But millions of people go there to see that structure, to notice the lean. And basically, what does it tell us? So it's an illustration of what happens when we don't have a good foundation and what happens is whatever is outside and whatever we see well that's, that's going to show if you don't have a solid foundation something's going to happen excuse me one minute come on in come on in and we're just getting started that's fine come on in all of them can come on up Okay, the de- the teenagers can go right behind this door. That's me. That's you, That's Dean. You. Your They're still on. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. Madeline's gone downstairs. Okay. Someone informed me my bus. Blankers are on, so I better go turn that off, or we might be here for a while. Come on in and have a seat. Uh, we talked about the leaning tower of Pisa, and that's an illustration of a something built on a poor foundation. And we don't want to build our life, our Christian life, on a poor foundation. So that's why the first lesson talks about a strong relationship. Let me ask you this question. Are we guilty of building a public Christian life on a weak or imperfect private spiritual foundation that no one sees? No one sees your relationship with God. That's something between you and the Lord. That's not open for everybody. And if we're not careful, we could start building on that when it's really not sound. And we might think, well, no one sees that, so that's not important. As long as I look good, as long as people think I'm okay, as long as people think I'm a good Christian, that's all that matters. And what happens is, if we do that, something's going to happen to reveal that our relationship wasn't as strong as it should have been. Notice it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. That's the church that could also be related to your own personal life. Your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Someone said, it is possible to have the appearance of growing in Christ, but have a crumbling foundation. So tonight, we want to look at three stages to build a strong spiritual foundation. Three stages to build a strong spiritual foundation. Now, in your workbook, uh, I have the same outline that you do, so just fill in the blanks. As uh, I go through. And you can make notes accordingly. Uh, The first stage to build a strong foundation. Is the foundation of relationship. The foundation of relationship. Go to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. And notice what is written here. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, neither were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. You know, uh, we, the word know in that passage is to understand, to grasp, or to be familiar with something or someone. How can we get to know Jesus Christ? How can we, you know, we say, well, I know Christ because I'm saved, and I have a personal relationship with Him because I, He's my Savior. Well, that's good, but you know, to really get to know a person you got to spend time with them, don't you? you got to spend some time. Wasn't that the way it is when you met that special someone and you said, I want to get to know that person and I want to know a lot more about them. And so you got to be with them and you got to know them. You found out whether you liked them or maybe you didn't like them. But you had to spend time together. And that's the way it is with the Lord. So I've got three ways of knowing Jesus. Letter A, know his person. Know his person. Know Jesus because you're spending time in devotion. What's devotion? Devotion is time we set apart for somebody. That's when you're devoted to someone, isn't it? When you're devoted to your family, that means you're spending time when you're devoted to your husband or your wife, you're spending time with them. That's devotions. Well, when we're devoted to Christ, that's spending time with him. And we're spending time in prayer. We're spending time in church. We're spending time in the word of God, getting to know him and his person. That was Paul's desire for the church in Ephesus. That they would grow in their knowledge of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 to 18 said, God may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Get to know Christ. Know him through time. Let her be, know his power. Know his person. Let her be, know his power. You know, Paul, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 to 5, talked about... The power of the gospel, the power of preaching. But Paul said, you know what? I'm not really a good speaker. He said, and he said he had come to Corinth, and this was his words, in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my preaching was not, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Paul says, I, I didn't come with you as a great orator. I didn't come to you with a whole bunch of uh, fabulous speeches and, uh, you know, speech that just wowed you and, and enamored you. No, I just came preaching the gospel. But it was the power of Christ that reached out to you and got your attention and convicted you and caused you to come to that place where you got saved. It wasn't my preaching. My speaking ability wasn't that good. But it was the power of Christ working through Paul. So he gives credit to Christ and his power. And if we're going to know his power, then we've got to to be involved in what Christ wants us to do. We've got to be involved in, in serving him and following him. And then we'll see his power through us. And then know his presence. Know his presence. Paul had grown to the point that even in difficult times, he had a deep and abiding relationship with Christ. You know, anybody can have a good relationship when times are good. But when times are hard and difficult, that's when you find out how strong the relationships are. And the same with God and with Jesus Christ. You know, when they get difficult and they get hard and you begin to rely on Christ, you begin to go into his word and be comforted by that and by his people, you grow in that relationship because you're getting closer to him. And his presence is having an effect on you. And so that's how we grow. Someone said the deepest moments of fellowship with Christ can be times of our most intense suffering. Our most intense suffering. It's sad that has to be true, isn't it? Too bad it, it can't be during the great times, the good times. So, that's, so often it's during those times, the times of blessing, the times of uh, when God has given us so much that we tend to forget Him. We tend to drift away from Him. But it's during the times of suffering and difficulty that we really reach out to Him. And that's true in so many ways. There was a a reformer. I think most of you have heard of John Huss. John Huss was a preacher. Uh, He pastored a church in uh, Prague. It was called the Bethlehem Chapel. But it was a Roman Catholic church. Well, the problem was is that he was preaching doctrine that wasn't the same as Roman Catholic doctrine. And they didn't like that. Especially when it came to the uh, the idea that uh, people did not need to buy certain things from the church to have their sins forgiven, and they didn't like that, and it, the way he was preaching, and he was preaching salvation by faith and faith alone, and in the in through grace in Jesus Christ, and they told him to stop, but he wouldn't stop because people were coming to know the Lord. And people were coming out in great crowds to hear him preach. And finally, they took him and they said, You can't do that. and We're not going to let you do that. And so they, they, they actually, he was a martyr for Christ. They burned him at the stake because he wouldn't, he wouldn't do what they wanted. When they were putting the fire to him, to, the, to where he was going to die, uh, this is what he said. What I taught with my lips, I now seal with my blood. Lord, I commend my spirit to you. You know, what, what, what we're trying to say is what he said meant something so much that he was willing to back it up with his life. You know, that's how we grow in Christ. That's how we get to know Christ. When we get to a place in our life, what we say, We're going to back it up with our life. We're going to back it up not only with what we say, but also what we do. Knowing Christ's person, his power and presence is the first stage to build a strong foundation. Let's go to number two in your outline. The second stage to build a strong spiritual foundation is the formation of faith. The formation of faith. In verse 11 and 12 it says, If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, that if I may apprehend for that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. The maturing of our faith takes place as we continue to build upon the foundation of our relationship with Christ. There are two ways we can build on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Notice the letter A in your outline, the promise of resurrection. The promise of resurrection. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. You know what? Salvation is a lot of things. We could talk about a lot of things about what happened The moment you got saved. One thing happened. Was that your dead spirit. Became alive. You became a living. Okay spirit. Spiritually you became alive. And now. You can have a relationship. With Jesus Christ. Because of that. And that's the only reason. If you were not saved. If you don't know how to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can know about Christ. But that relationship starts when you are saved and know Him as your personal Savior. And not only that, but something changes inside too. Something changes where we not only become alive spiritually, but now we're looking and seeking spiritual things. Now we're interested in spiritual things. Now we're interested in knowing what the Bible teaches and and what the Bible says and knowing about Christ and how can we serve Christ. Those things mean something to us now. And that's because of our our salvation. And that dead spirit has been resurrected, so to speak. right, We've been made alive. And now we have a relationship with Christ. And that leads us to the second point, letter B, the process of transformation. The process of transformation. In that text, Philippians chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, we have the word attained. Notice that word attained. That means to come to, to have arrived. So what did Paul say? He said, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, I haven't come to the place where I know everything. I haven't come to the place where I am am fully matured and I am now grown as far as I can grow as a Christian. He says, that's not happening. I'm still trying to get to that place. I'm still growing in my relationship to Christ. And that's a process of transformation. And it takes time for that to happen. It would be great, wouldn't it, if you got saved and someone said, Oh, you're born again, you're saved, that's great. Listen, here's a pill. Take this little pill and you take that in 12 hours. You'll be a full-blown, mature Christian. And you'll know all you need to know and you'll be ready for your Christian life. You're all set. That, that doesn't happen. And it's never going to happen that way because it takes time. You have to grow in time. You know, so often we grow a little bit and then we back a little bit, right? We grow a little bit, we back a little You know, uh, it's like the wave. And people are constantly up and down, up and down. We like to think, well, preacher, I'm, I'm gradually just going straight up. Well, most likely uh, that's not the case. Because it takes time. And it's going to take time to grow. And even when you're thinking that, man, I'm growing and things are good, there's still more growth. And there's still more to know. And it's a continual process. How do you know you've grown? Good question, isn't it? How do you know you've grown? When our kids were small, you probably did the same thing. But we get the kids, our children, line them up against the door, the the, the, the jam of the door, and they they you put a pencil and you strike where their height is, and you date it. And then they come back a year or two, and you do another one, and it's going up and up and up and up and up and You know, we got that at our house, still on our door jamb. And you look at that and you just see how they grew over the years. And uh, they even got taller than I did. (laughs) But that's how it is. Now, how do we know as a Christian? Because we don't have a spiritual door jamb we can measure ourselves to. How do we do that? Well, someone said this. Nearness is likeness. You want to know how you're growing? Are you becoming more like Christ? Are you becoming more like Him in your life? That's how you can tell. Nearness is likeness. If a Christian is developing that foundational relationship with Christ, he will take on the likeness of Christ. Now, obviously, it's not a physical likeness. It's a spiritual likeness. The qualities of Christ. The qualities that He had. That will be, we'll become more like him in that respect. So that's how we can tell if we're growing. And one day, when we get to heaven, that transformation will be complete. Chapter Romans chapter 8, verse 29 says, He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. God has planned it. That when all of us get to heaven, we're going to be conformed. That the process will be over. And we'll see Christ just like He is because we'll be like Him in many respects. That process will be done. So that's the, that's the goal. To apprehend. To, to seize the Christ-likeness. To be more like Him. And we are not to stop pursuing that until we're done. And that leads us to the third point. The third stage to build a strong spiritual foundation is the fixation of will. The fixation... Of will. Brethren, he says, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. From these verses, we see Paul's overwhelming determination to finish strong, fixed on the finish line. Determined to be faithful. To finish his race well. Is that our desire tonight? Is our desire tonight to finish well? Is our desire that we are fixed on the goal. That one day we'll get to heaven. And we'll hear him say well done. Well done. That should be our desire. And that would help us in our relationship with him. It's amazing how many christians quit their spiritual race i'm sure every one of us knows somebody who quit they they not that they you know they're unsaved but they just kind of fell out of the race for one reason or another i think we're evidence of that in scripture when you go to the soils the parable of the soils and Jesus talked about the seed that landed on the hard ground and the stony ground and the among thorns and weeds and the good ground, and uh, I think uh, many different types of people get saved, many t- representing many different soils. And some are gonna bear fruit, and some are not. Why? Why do they end up leaving the race? Why do they quit? Well. It takes a continual and repetitive choice to remain faithful to our Christian race. You say, well, preacher, I determined 20 years ago that I was going to stay in the race, okay? It was probably one 18 years ago that you made the same message. 15 years. You see, it's, you probably had to tell yourself, listen, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stay at it." And over again, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stay at it." And over again, I'm not going to quit. You see, because there were probably times you felt like quitting. There were probably times you felt like giving up. And may I say, there probably will be times again, if Jesus tarries his coming and he gives you life, you will feel like quitting again. And you'll have to rededicate yourself to say, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on going. That's what the the author of our lesson is talking about. We have to will it. We got to keep telling ourselves, we got to keep on going. Because of that desire, and it's just the human our human nature isn't it? We are bent because of sin. We are bent that way. And we're constantly fighting that old flesh. So we need that will. We need to determine Just like Paul said that he did. There's two ways we can stay faithful in our race. Two ways. Letter A, Paul recognized his position. His position. He said, I count not myself to apprehend it. He knew he had to keep on growing. He couldn't stop. He knew his faults. He knew his flesh. He knew the old nature. He says, I got to keep on, keep at it. I can't give up. I got to constantly remind myself. And letter B, Paul rejected the past. He rejected the past. Oh, how the past comes back, doesn't it? How the past comes back to remind us. So many things. It may come back and say, you're not worthy. You're not worthy to serve God. What do you think you're doing? Do you remember when Paul had a past? He was a persecutor of the church. Paul considered himself the chiefest of sinners. Why? Because of his past. But he wasn't going to let that stop him. And neither should you. Because, praise God, we've been forgiven of the past. And that's under the blood of Jesus Christ. And what God forgives, we need to let that go. And just continue forward for God, and don't let that stop you. Don't let that get you down, because we can overcome that and we can still go forward. Paul had many victories that ha- could have stunted his growth. He could have been some. Uh, he could have. You ever heard of the old saying, "Falling back or resting on your laurels." You know, he could have said, well, I've done a great job and I've done a good work. Yeah, I'm just going to rest for a while. But he didn't do that. He says, I want to just keep on going and keep on serving God. And then letter C, Paul ran to win the prize. I press toward the mark. The word press means to run swiftly in order to catch a person or thing. Paul says, I'm running and I'm going to catch up. I'm going to cross that finish line. I'm not going to give up until I do. He was pressing on. And he ran that Christian race with that goal in mind. And that's what we have to do. we got to run the race with that goal in mind. And that will help us build our relationship on Jesus Christ. In conclusion tonight, every structural sound life has a common denominator. Every good, okay, everybody who's got a good Christian uh, testimony, it's built on a good foundation. And what's that foundation? It's a relationship, a good relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the most important part. If, and uh, you can try to build a good Christian life on top of a bad foundation. You can if you want, but uh, it's not going to last. We need that good foundation, and that's what this is about. Maybe we need to go and look at our foundation and see where are we at. Is this is this is this thing strong enough? Maybe I need to go back and refortify the walls a bit or the whatever to get this thing right because I, I don't want to end up quitting down the road. I don't want to show the the weakness down the road that may be there, that will happen. So in this lesson, we learn three things. To recognize the importance of knowing Christ, a place of priority on a daily walk with Christ, and consider the quality of, of one spiritual foundation, those three things. Okay, that's our lesson for tonight. And if you notice in the back of your book, and in, in like you have your lesson, and then there's some questions. You can take the book home, answer those questions, come back next week. We'll only take up the ones that are are answered from the lesson. There are questions there that would uh, are uh, they're personal in nature, uh, and so we won't take those up. That's between you and the Lord, and you can answer them accordingly. If it's a personal nature, we don't want to have that aired out in public. But we will take up the other ones that are general questions about the lesson. So there will probably be two or three questions we'll take up. Also, I have a little game here. I don't know if you like games, but uh, it's just uh, a crossword and a jumble. And it happens to go with the lesson. And it correlates around the lesson. And I'll give this out to you. And you can work on it if you want. Who would like to raise your hand? Okay. That is a crossword.